Hello geniuses, welcome back to the Own Your Genius podcast where we discuss building businesses, growing brands, and owning your genius. I'm your host, brand attorney LaTanya Murray. We have a good one for you today, so let's get started. 2020 is not canceled. I'm going to keep dropping this on you until y'all pick it up. Last week, I told you how I used my genius to have the best year ever. If you missed that episode, make sure you go and take a listen. I promise you, I'm not bragging about my super smarts. Rather, how going over my plans, establishing the right mindset, narrowing down my systems, inserting myself into the marketplace, and utilizing my IP has helped me secure the bag all during a pandemic. It's a good episode, so make sure you go and check it out. Let me ask you this question. How good are you at delegating? I noticed that many business owners have a difficult time letting go. And some of the reasons that I've seen include trust issues, thinking they're the only one that can get the job done, or being burned by a previously bad hire. I mean, I get it. I really, really do. Finding good help can be difficult. I've been working with virtual assistants off and on for years, and I can honestly say that 100% of the challenges I had when working with them were on me. Not even going to front. I'm telling you the way it is. In today's episode, we're going to discuss those mistakes that I made and how I'm going to avoid them as I make my first employee hire. The first mistake that we make as entrepreneurs is that we tend to hire help too late. We tend to reach out for help once we're already in the weeds. And if you've never worked in a restaurant, when you're in the weeds, that means you are overwhelmed. You have too many things going on. So when that happens, when we decide to hire too too late, what that looks like is, okay, I need to hire help. I hire help and I want to just throw them into helping me. I just want them to come out the gate helping me without me to actually taking the time to train them. And then to get I'm getting frustrated because they don't know how to operate my business because I haven't had time to teach them how to operate my business because I'm too busy because that's why I hired help. Like it's an endless cycle. That's how you know that you're hiring too late. And then so the next question would be, so Lacanya, when do you know that it's time to hire? You should always be in the mindset of being ready to delegate and get things off your plate even if you think you can't afford it you don't have to go out and hire a full-time employee just because you need help your help might look like delegating some tasks to a, a contractor virtual assistant maybe 10 hours a week and just paying a couple hundred dollars instead of a couple thousand dollars but that time getting that stuff off your plate oh my goodness you will be amazed on how freeing that it is and how much you can actually get done. When you hire help too late, now you're rushing. You're rushing to just get somebody in the door because you're so in the weeds that you just need help, any kind of help. And when you do that, now you're not taking the time to make sure that you're actually getting the right fit for your company. And then you bring somebody in and you realize that, hey, this is not even a good fit. Maybe you're just saying, hey, you're telling people that, hey, I need to hire someone. So they're giving you, hey, talk to this person. And because you're in such a hurry, you don't do your due diligence and you just bring somebody on. So in the past, I've done that. Like I've hired help. I've been rushed to hire help. And 
that left me with no time to train and not get the right fit. Like for example, hiring someone for an administrative position who really didn't want to be in an administrative position. They wanted to be more in a design position. If I would have taken my time and asked the right questions, I would have known that this, while the, their skills were useful, it wasn't the talent that I was looking for at the time. So what I'm doing now, what I've done in this process, I decided back in August that I wanted to hire a new employee. And I was giving myself until October to make that hire. So that gave me time to get everything in place and to take my time and to interview to get the right person. So I'm giving myself time to actually hire. The second mistake that we tend to make when we're hiring is trying to hire one person to do everything that we need. I know that in entrepreneurship, there are a lot of things going on in different roles and position. And most of the time when we start, we are a team of one. We are a team of one and we're doing everything. So when we get ready to hire, we feel that, okay, now if I can do it all, the person that I hire should be able to do it all. And that's not just, and that's not the case because one, when you were doing it all, you weren't doing it at the best that it can be done. So when you hire someone, you want to make sure instead of hiring them to do everything, you want them to be, you want to hire them to operate in their realm of genius. You want to be hiring people to do what they're best at, not what they're good at, not what they're mediocre at, but what they're best at so that you can have the best team and let them shine. What I had to do, because I've been guilty of that, because I'm like, okay, if I can be the tech person the customer service person, the fulfillment person, the marketing person, then it should be easy just to have someone step in and to do those things. Well, maybe not fulfillment because I'm the attorney, right? So they should be able to be the tech person and the customer service person and the social media marketing person, right? No, that's not how that works because different people have different skill sets. And I had to learn that. One of the things that I'm doing now in order to make sure that I'm hiring people to do what they're good at and operate in their realm of genius is make sure that I'm hiring for skill and not a position. So before I even wrote a job description, what I did was I made a list of everything that I need help with. Like I have a master list of everything that I need help with. And then I looked at that list and I said, hmm, what of these things have similar skill sets? And I group those and I gr start grouping things in that manner. And then I came up with a job description. So the person that's good at software and tech is not necessarily the person that's going to help me with re like PR and social media marketing. Like those two people aren't the same. They're not going to be the same. But the person that's helping me post on social media can be the person that helps me facilitate my Facebook group, right? The person that's good with client customer service can be the person that's also in charge of making sure that we have good follow-up and communication with the clients. They can be the person responsible for setting up the new client welcome package. So those are the type of things. And I'm looking for skill, not position. So does this person... So what skills do, does the customer service need? The tech person doesn't have to be friendly because they're not talking to anybody. They don't have to have a good demeanor when it comes to third parties because they're only talking. They're not talk, They're working on the computer. But the customer service person does need to have a good demeanor. 
And if you're selling, you have to not only have a good demeanor, but you also have to have a good money mindset so that you're not afraid to ask for the sale. So each position requires a different skill set. So in so like I said, I made a master list and then I wrote down the skills needed and then I created my job descriptions based off that instead of saying, oh, the traditional sense of, oh, I need administrative assistant and then that administrative assistant does everything, right? The third thing that we do as entrepreneurs when it comes to hiring, and I don't know why we do this. Actually, I do know why we do this and we're going to talk about this, is that we hire people and then we don't give them anything to do. We don't give them any, we're not delegating. We're more, we might give them tasks. And so what I mean by delegating is, especially when you're working with an employee, you want that person to be able to take control over that role, have authority over that role. So they're not coming to you every five minutes asking you, can we do this? Should we do this? So you want to set out a parameter or of what that job details, what the expectations are, what your values and missions are, so they make sure they operate within that, within that, and then give them the freedom to make decisions. And that's scary. That's why we don't do it. That's why rather than dele- delegating, we make tasks. And so, and people say, well, that is delegating. Tell, give them someone a list of things to do and making sure that they check all the boxes, that is delegating. So I give you that. That is delegating. I guess we need to go one step further. There's a book called Clockwork by Mike McAllisky. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I love all his books. He's also the author of Profit First and the Public The Pumpkin Plan and Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. I read all of them. But in Clockwork, he talks about Instead of just letting people, giving them a checklist of things to do, quote-unquote delegating, you have to give these people the authority to make decisions. If you don't, it'll still be like you're doing all the work. Because every time something needs to be done, they're going to run it by you first. You need to give them the freedom and the authority to make decisions. You set out the parameters. You're clear on what's supposed to be done, what the goal is, what our missions and values are. So basically how we operate. And then trust them to operate within that realm. So you might start out as delegating, but you have to be able to give them the authority to make decisions. That's the really true way that decisions are, that you're going to get freedom in your business. Because again, we didn't start businesses to become employees of our own business. Like, especially not employees of one. And what that means is that we're responsible for every single thing. We can't take vacations because if, the, if we do, then the business stops. Like, we didn't, that's not why we're starting businesses. We want businesses that are going to grow and be able to run without us. And if you don't give people the authority to make decisions, that will not happen. What I'm doing in order to combat that so that when I do make my hire, One, I'm taking my time in the hiring process to make sure that I'm hiring someone that I can trust and that has the skill set to make decisions. I'm asking questions. I'm ascertaining whether these people are like, yes, you give me the ball, I'm going to make the shot. You tell me what needs to be done and I can figure things out. I want those people who who understand that everything is figureoutable, right? Not those people who are like, okay, I've done this. What would you like for me to do next? Like I said, I have that list of the skills that are needed 
for the position. I'm just asking questions that will ascertain whether or not they are decision makers or doubt are are task checkers. And that's really important because I need decision makers. I cannot stand micromanaging. I can't stand to be micromanaged and I don't believe in micromanaging people. We are adults right i don't have to stand over your shoulder to make sure things are done i should be able to give it to you trust that it's done so you can make the right decisions that are in line with the company's missions and values in order to get it done that's how i plan on combating that the other thing that business owners do we don't have recorded systems and processes in place before we hire we know how things are done and operated but when we bring in other people now we have to teach them and this goes back to this this whole hiring late when we have to teach them it's overwhelming to have someone and then try to teach them and record at the same time and oftentimes even as we're teaching them we're not recording the importance of recording your SOPs in the first place is to make it easier to grow your team you're recording what's done and how it's done it's not as complicated as it sounds it sounds like oh my gosh this is gonna be so complicated for example we just hired someone to edit the podcast and help on, on all things podcast. And so I legit opened up a Word document and just wrote down like as if I was doing it. So what was the what would be the first thing I do? I would find a story. I would research, outline, you know, upload, edit, like all those things. And I just wrote those things down. Now it's recorded. So what we need to do is record it. And that's what it is. That's what a system is. For my services, we have it recorded in a workflow. How are things done? When are they done? What order are they done? Even the how it's done. The tools that are used aren't necessarily that important because, as we know, software changes. And so one of the things that I did, I make sure that's a reason that I push my hiring date so far out is I wanted to make sure that my SOPs were recorded. Now I start, I've been working on this forever and I have some here and there, but I'm working with an HR company that's one, helping me with the hiring process and two, helping me with my employee handbook and SOPs because I don't have time to write it all up. She did say that I more advanced than other people as far as having my SOPs but I just wanted them to look a certain way and make sure that I had everything covered so I gave us a few months to get those things recorded and now when we get ready to hire everything will be in place and I can easily tell my new hires how we operate and what needs to be done and how it needs to be done and that is a very freeing feeling I'm looking forward to onboarding my first employee I've never done it before but because of everything that we have in place I feel very comfortable that I'm making the right decision as it comes to hiring that the person will be a decision maker and that they're going to be operating in their realm of genius and when they get there and they start working that it'd be very easy for them to, to get into the company culture because of what we have recorded let me know are you hiring have you hired what have you run into what challenges have you run into as it comes to hiring head over to the genius lounge let's start that conversation over there and until next time keep building your business growing your brand and owning your genius